Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Kent. And welcome once again to Mother Angelica Answering the Call. It's the radio program where we feature highlights from some of the great answers Mother gave to her listeners over the years from her fantastic live shows of the late 80s throughout the 90s. And I'm joined by Father Joseph Mary Wolf, our chaplain here at EWTN. In doing so, great to see you again, Father. And always good to be with you and to hear from Mother Angelica. Of course, this is really the fruit of her life with Jesus, that she came to know these answers to questions, people's deep questions, by her union with the Lord that, and her own struggles throughout life, too, right? That she communicates, and we'll hear some of those, too, in some of these episodes, that uh, she relates quite honestly some of the struggles of her own growing up. Absolutely, and the charity that she shows to others. Mm -hmm. Some of the topics, baptism of desire, prayer in your deceased loved ones, intercessory prayer and confession, and first off, have a goal to not offend Jesus. Mm -hmm. Do you think people go out of their way to offend him? Well, this person is talking about the struggle to overcome temptation, that they make some progress and then they fall. They make progress and they make fall. You know, I, we had our retreat recently, and um, our retreat master, Father Gallagher, who is just wonderful in the spiritual life, he had a photograph of a mountain that was snow-capped. <laughs> and he gave the illustration that when a snowball gets started at the top, you can stop it with one finger. When it gets getting uh, volume and velocity, it turns into an avalanche, and it just sweeps everything away. And so Ignatius tells us that temptations are most easily overcome at the beginning right. with a finger, with that snowball at the top. And I think that's really good right. advice. He made that point in his latest book. In fact, I did an interview with him where mm. he made exactly that point. Yeah. I thought it was interesting. Mother talked about the idea of getting a hunk of grace or not getting it. Mm -hmm. Have you ever gotten a hunk of grace? <laughs> I'm sure I have because the Lord is so generous and he knows I need it. You know, So... Yes, and that confession is especially a way in which we get that hunk of grace and the Lord uh, strengthens us to overcome temptation that we're going to face. Mm -hmm. All of us are going to have temptation, this side of heaven, but it's part of our being tested and proving on, and growing in our love of God. Now, you knew Mother quite well for many, many years. Did she usually refer to the evil one as old Buster down there? <laughs> I've heard her say that <laughs> before, but not that often, but... She always had some kind of yeah remark that would also bring a little smile to your lips, too. But as she's bringing home the truth, right? Absolutely. So the evil so, wants our destruction. Let's see what she has to say about <laughs> having a goal to not offend Jesus. Now, we have a caller. Hello? Hello. Where are you from? I'm from Florida. Good. And what's your question? I wanted to ask you, um, you know, when you're doing all the right things, going to Mass, confession, and... <laughs> doing everything that is good, and then suddenly, uh-oh, I'm going to sin again. Here comes the temptation. And then when you do, you're, you're frustrated, you're discouraged, and you're thinking, I was doing so good, and look what I did. Mm -hmm. And another question was, do we, ever, do we ever become perfectly good? Is there a point in our life where we totally stop sinning and we do what's right? As soon as you're willing, 
that wants to do that. See, what we don't understand is we're, when we pray, we expect this uh, hunk of grace, clunk, <laughs> right here, right there, and I'm changed. The grace is there. The grace is there every time you go to confession. Not only do you get forgiven of sins in confession, you get a grace, special grace, to be stronger the next time. See? Now, people fall and they repent, and they fall and they repent, but you have to get to that point through prayer that you understand what you're doing. You don't have to fall one day after another over and over and over again. You can say no. And going to confession often, which some of you don't do, gives you that strength to say no. I'm not going to do that. Another thing is you have to have a goal. People who diet have a goal. What is it? I want to lose 20 pounds. That's your goal. Now you see a piece of pie, you let it go. Another piece of pie, you let it go. Another piece of cake, you let it go. Boom, here comes the chocolate. <laughs> a big, fat chocolate. Now you know. You know. <laughs> you lost your goal. You lost your goal. We must, all of us, have a goal of not offending Jesus, not offending the Father, the Spirit. That's really, we're talking about mortal sin. You don't hear about that much anymore. Mortal, mortal, what's that? You know it's mortal sin, don't give me that. I don't buy all this forgetfulness and loss of memory that everybody seems to have when it comes to sin. Even though you have a temptation against the commandments or against the will of God for you, you must answer that and go, let it go. You can't have one foot in God's kingdom and one foot in the other kingdom. That you can't. You can't live that way. You know, I want to have sympathy for you because we all fall into venial sin, imperfections, weaknesses, and we have to be sorry and determined. And if we fall again, we go back to confession. That you have to do. But if you're asking me, is there a time when you don't have temptations? No. Mm -mm. When the enemy sees you've conquered one, he'll come, he'll come up with something else. He hates you. He wants you down there. Because he hates you. There's no love in him at all. Why you listen to him? You know, if people listen to God as readily as they listen to old Buster down there, <laughs> they all be saints fast, real fast. You're listening to the wrong man, gang, whatever. They don't love you. They want you in hell forever. Why you listen to think of that? Think of that when you have a temptation. And next up, our next topic, intercessory prayer and confession. Do you see them tied together in your experience, Father? 
Yes, and this person's really asking about what is the value of our prayers and our sacrifices for others? Well, Fatima, of course, taught us that. Our Lady telling the children to pray and to make sacrifices for sinners. And think about that Christ's work continues, continues through his body, preaching, teaching, healing, delivering, and redemptive sacrifices. Our prayers, united with Christ, have a value to benefit souls. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that Mother focuses on so nicely here is the uh, the healing aspect of the sacrament mm-hmm. of confession, not to be afraid of it. And also, and I think people may be still doing this. Remember when it became popular? Well, instead of going to confession, you write your sins on a piece of paper, yeah. you know, light them on fire, and they mm-hmm. go up in smoke. But not really. <laughs> Thankfully, I think that's kind of passed away. And, you know, I think that's one of the services we provide here for the diocese. We have confessions here in Irondale and as well as Hansville, both places, and many, many people take advantage of that. And we're seeing young people returning to the sacraments too, which is encouraging. So yeah, it's a great blessing. It's one of the healing sacraments together with anointing of the sick and heals the deepest part of our souls that nothing else can. Right. I hadn't really thought about the fact that so many people probably from outside the general area here rely on Mm-hmm. the friars for confession. And we have had people who are viewers of EWTN from states away mm-hmm. who will travel because they know us. And uh, so they feel comfortable in coming to us and we're delighted to right. be able to hear their confessions. But I do know that once they've come to you, they never come back to see you. <laughs> they're, they're saying, is, is Father Anthony here? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so let's see what Mother has to say about intercessory prayer and confession. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Hey, where are you from? Brobridge, Louisiana. Good, and what is your question? We say penance and mm-hmm. prayers, would they make up for other people's sins? Yeah, sure. It, it's a very good thing to do. That's intercessory prayer. See? Uh, prayer, the scripture says prayer and fasting. And that's all kind of fasting. You know? We can fast for our temper. It's a lot harder than fasting from candy. What's candy? You know, even if you fast enough, your stomach shrinks and you don't even feel hungry anymore, you know? Isn't that true? But fasting from things that really cause you to sin, that's something else, see? Confession removes sin from our souls and gives grace back to us. One of the big problems today is there's not enough people, not enough priests hearing confessions, you know? And let me tell you something, sweetheart. Writing your sins on a piece of paper and having somebody burn them does not take them away. That's the biggest fallacy there could be. You, what you're saying is if I put it down and I burn it, that's absolution. No, no, no. That is a farce. You don't, don't depend on that. If you have a sin on your soul, and you should have the privilege of going to confession. We can't say venial sins up here and mortal sins back there in the box. That's a terrible thing. You, you violate somebody's conscience. You can't do that. So please, please go to confession. That takes away your sin. Now, confession is a healing sacrament. See, you just go in there and get rid of something. You're healed also. And you get the grace to be stronger the next time. See? Prayer now is what you do for a penance. It says, well, you say five hour five. You say, well, 
what's five our fathers in the eyes of God, it's great. It makes up for your sins. Now, I would, you can pray for others. You must pray for others. We have to pray for each other. We need each other's prayer. And we need to pray to the church triumphant. See, you have your favorite saint. You have Our Lady. Pray. Say, sweet mother, my mother, my father, my sisters and brothers, my friends are not going to the sacraments. They are sinning. They don't know. They say, pray for them for light. I think one of the greatest evils in today's world is we don't know we're doing something wrong. That, that's a problem. People live together and they don't know it's wrong. Nobody tells them. I'm telling you, it's wrong. You, you endanger your soul. See? So you need to pray for your relatives, your friends, your neighbor, all sinners. It's a nice, beautiful ejaculation, our dear Lord. I gave uh, Sister Consolata Bertrand. Jesus and Mary, I love you. Save thoughts. See, it's very simple. Oh, it carries a lot of weight. So intercede for the whole world. Pray for our Holy Father. Pray for our priests that they have the strength and the courage to be holy priests. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And thank you so much for staying with us. Part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. Doug Keck along with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Let's dive right in, Father, mm-hmm. with the topic, prayer and your deceased loved ones. I thought this was an excellent teaching Mother gave on praying for our deceased loved ones. Well, what if they're in heaven? What if they're in purgatory? And Mother really gives a very nice, clear teaching here that I think people are going to find helpful and encouraging because we've all lost loved ones. And she talks about the uh, accidental glory. She gives a great illustration what that is. It's like a boost, if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, of joy that this person experiences and your prayers for them should they be in heaven. But if they're in purgatory, of course, our prayers benefit them as well. Right. And what I thought was nice, too, she talks about the fact that in this particular case with this person, he was talking about whether, should I go through the Blessed Mother, do I go Mm -hmm. to the Lord directly? You know, that's not a, you don't have to worry about any of those things. And she also talks about you can pray to your father and for your father. Mm -hmm. So do that deceased person Mm -hmm. and, and ask them. You know, pray for them directly, for them, and at the same time, pray for them through Mm -hmm. other intercessors. Exactly, exactly. And the Catechism says our prayer for them makes their intercession for us effective. So Mother talked about the reality the poor souls do assist us when we are praying for them and uh, assisting them with our prayers that they, too, are able to pray for us and assist us in our particular needs. Right. And I think I remember hearing to some degree that uh, if you're praying for those holy souls in purgatory, that what do you think they're doing for you when they get to heaven? Exactly. <laughs> so now you have a saint in glory who's especially grateful to you and helping you to get there to join them also in eternal light of heaven. Very good. Let's see what Mother has to say about prayer and your deceased loved ones. Now, we have a call. Hello? Hello, Mother. Where are you from? My name is Keith. I'm calling from Palisades Park, New Jersey. Wonderful. And what is your question? 
Mother, I wasn't going to call tonight, but as I was sitting watching the program, a thought came to my mind. And the question was this. A couple of weeks ago, my dad died. Oh. And um, what it is is that I guess what I want to find out, perhaps from you, is um, should that change at all, perhaps, when a loved one passes away, how we should pray? I mean, for instance, in intercessory prayer, we might pray to the Blessed Mother, mm-hmm. to pray to the Lord. And I guess it's it's a very joyful experience because I love my dad very much, and to know that he's gone to to be face to face with the Lord, mm. um, you, you couldn't ask for better blessing than to have a parent go on. And I feel his presence, and I feel very very peaceful and very loved. And I just wanted to find out from you how we should work that in prayer. I'm going to hang up now. Okay. But I just want to say I love you very much, Mother. Thank you, dear. Take care of yourself. Thank you. I will. Uh, well, we can pray, and, and we should continue to pray to our dear Lord and to our, his wonderful, and our wonderful Mother. That should not change. Uh, you can pray to your Father and for your Father. See? I hope that he went straight to heaven. We don't know that. See? If he is in purgatory, you can pray for him. And he, in turn, will pray for you. If he's in heaven, you can pray to him. You can ask him either way. See, the poor souls in purgatory are great intercessors. Don't forget that. They're powerful before the throne of God. And they have seen God. And they know Jesus. They know all the things in this psalm that they probably never knew before. If he's in heaven, uh, you pray to for him in heaven, he gets what we call accidental glory. What's accidental glory? Well, the degree of glory is set to death. You can't merit after death. Your will is set. However, let's, let's say that accidental glory is like this. Uh, I, I, I look out the window in the morning and I see a gorgeous sunrise. I mean, the, the, the sky is orange and red and breathtaking. Hmm? Well, I'm looking at that, and what happens to me? I get an extra, I get joy, I get, I, I, I would get wonder in my heart over the power of God. Gone. There it is. You had it. It did something for you. It's gone. That's accidental glory, which the, the blessed can receive doesn't increase their merit, doesn't increase their degree of glory, but they, boom, they know you prayed for them, and they in turn pray for you. And that's true of the poor souls of purgatory, see? If someone's in purgatory, then whatever prayer I say, they get that closer to Jesus, that closer to going into heaven. And you can pray both ways. If your heart feels that your, your, your father is with the Lord right now, fine, fine. Pray, pray to him, but you cannot say, well, I'm only going to pray to my father. No. We pray for all those in purgatory. They're saved. That's one of the joys in purgatory. I made it. See? (laughs) No more worry, buddies. You don't need to worry. You're there, and you're on your way. I think purgatory is a great place. I don't particularly want to go there, but... (laughs) But I think it's a great place. 
I really do. It's for all of all of us that didn't quite make it. You know, we love God, but yeah, metta, metta. So, it, it's a wonderful. And I would pray for him. I would pray to him. But you have to keep going to Our Lady and, and her, her son, Jesus. And closing out this week's program, we have a question about the baptism of desire. We kind of hear about that on and off. Why don't you explain mm -hmm. it? Yeah, and this is a difficult, a painful question. Right. Um, having lost three children through miscarriage, a very painful thing. Sometimes people don't realize how painful that is. But thankfully, we featured some wonderful new initiatives for women and their husbands who have lost children through miscarriage and some wonderful uh, apostolates now that are serving that need and helping people through that process of healing. But I think, you know, the bottom line that the church teaches is that Jesus said, let the little children come to me. We know that he wants the salvation of all. And the church says, we entrust them to the mercy of God. Well, that's a good place for them to be. Right, absolutely. And I know there's a discussion, even Mother brings up uh, the idea of limbo, which mm -hmm. was uh, um, posited as a possibility mm -hmm. because people were afraid, well, if my child wasn't baptized, then they, they can't possibly go to heaven. But that idea of desire themselves and for you for what you would have done for them. Mm -hmm. Because I, you think about that as, as well when the infants are baptized, it's the will of the parents for that child to receive this grace. And so it's through their faith that that child receives a gift of faith through baptism. Right, and of course, even Mother talks about the Holy Innocence, thinking back to what Herod did. Mm -hmm. And of course, those children in her mind absolutely have to be in heaven. Right. Because they're so, holy. Mm -hmm. So we trust in God's mercy, and we entrust them to the mercy of God. And let's see what Mother has to say about baptism of desire. We have another call. Hello? Hello? Hey, where are you from? Uh, Warwick, New York. And what is your question? Oh, first, I want to tell you that I love you very, Thank very you. much. Thank you. And I hope that I brought you a lot of joy with those rosaries that I sent you made oh, from Press Roses. I, is that the one, uh, the, the ladder rosary? Yeah, no, it was made out of rose petals. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just yes, for yeah, you. I know. Thank you. And since you love roses, I figured they're perfect for you. Oh, they're beautiful. Thank you. Now. Okay, my question is that... Um, I got pregnant five times, and every time I entered my fifth month, I would lose my child. Uh, what happens to those babies? Where do they go? I mean, they just do whatever they do with the hospital, and you go home feeling, you know, it, it's a feeling you live with forever. Yeah. Well... You know, there's, uh, the church teaches there's a baptism of desire. Um, theologians in the past came up with the limbo. Well, we don't know. It's not a doctrine. Uh, you can believe it or not believe it. Uh, I would think, for example, we have one big feast every year, the Feast of the Holy Innocents. They weren't baptized, except they died because the wicked king was looking for the Messiah. And they were killed for that reason. And we celebrate their feast, their saints, the holy innocents, we call them. Uh, you can have an opinion about that. I think all aborted children went to heaven. There's no reason to have an abortion, no. 
It's a sin for you, no matter what. But I think those people were like the holy innocents. They're victims of somebody or other people, many people's idea of, uh, I don't know, world population. I don't know what they got. So I would think if they were in limbo, boy, that's a happy place. Wouldn't you be willing to stay here if everything was perfect? Oh, come on, you would. <laughs> yeah, if everything here was perfect, the weather, you, you were happy, you had all these children, you loved them, they love you. Well, how many of you say you wouldn't be happy here? Hmm, everybody would, see. So whether it's limbo or heaven, you have children. You want to pray to them, and I hope you named them. If you had five, then you have five children. You, I know you went home kind of empty and disappointed, but you still have five children. And that's what's so wonderful. You do have five children. And, and you want to pray to them and, and ask them to help you. For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.